and welcome to episode seven of the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. Uh, that strange noise wasn't me. That was little Mia, the puppy, the uh, eight-month-old. Oh no, she's six months old, isn't she, Sarah? Six months old, gorgeous staffy puppy who we've uh, got in the studio, joining us again with her owner, Sarah Enriquez. Welcome to you both. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about grooming and dental well-being. And uh, yeah, again, if you can hear lots of strange noises going on, it is Mia making the studio her own. We've also got in the studio with us Colleen Herman. Hello. Hi. And Colleen's our expert vet and head of pets at Pets at Home. Also joining us from the groom room, uh, Pets at Home groom room, we have Shona Templey, who let me get your job title right Shona is grooming development and expertise trainer at pets at home hello hi thank you for coming so this episode is going to be all about your puppy looking and feeling his best um if you've ever wondered what happens when you leave your puppy at the groom room well Shona's going to talk us through that and also Carleen is going to talk about uh dental well-being how to and what to do when you clean a puppy's teeth we're going to hear from Louisa Holmes who is a pets at home colleague who um, takes part in the dental consultations that you can have for free in store it's a free service that pets at home gives so louisa will be joining us later to talk about that but first i'm going to chat to carlene about the importance of grooming even with a lovely new clean fresh puppy hello carlene why is it important to brush a puppy well, all, all dogs will need some form of grooming. So the best time to start is obviously when, when they're little and they're still young and they can learn that that is normal to be sort of felt all over and have a brush going over them and even bathed and dried. So yeah, best way to start is is early on. It's a great way to not only, you know, keeping a healthy skin and coat, but improve circulation, can reduce stress and blood pressure for both owner and dog, actually, uh, once they're used to it, maybe not initially, but um, it can be quite a nice bonding experience as an owner to groom your dog. And a lot of dogs will will enjoy it as well. And it's a really good way for owners to, you know, just check the skin all over, check lumps for any lumps, lumps and bumps, yeah. cuts, yeah. get used to checking the eyes, what do normal eyes look like, check the ears, what what's normal, and checking the mouth, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, as a, as a dog owner, no matter whether you've got a long hair or a short hair dog, you will have to partake and some form of grooming whether you do it all yourself or get one of our uh, groomers to do it for you so shona let's bring you in here thanks for coming so puppies like to be brushed i'd like a nice brush if i had a, a glossy coat our resident <laughs> in-store puppy what is she doing now what's she eating is that a toy or something out of someone's bag it's a harness. all right it's a harness Miri's actually um chewing on her harness in the corner so um, Mia is a short-haired staffy, so I'm assuming that a puppy with a smooth coat or short hair wouldn't need to be groomed as much as a long-haired puppy. So what kind of breeds would you like to see coming into the groom room? At what age and for how many times? Long-haired puppies, we do recommend um, to come in as soon as they've had their injections and can go out. We recommend a first puppy groom as early as 12 weeks, just really to get them used to coming into the environment, the groom room, the equipment, the noises. And really the first puppy groom is basically just a quick bath and brush, yeah. tidy up if it's long haired, and then it's it's just to, to get them 
used to used be groomed. Yeah. And that tie, ties in with what you just said, Colleen, that you, you yeah, agree with that. Yeah, get them used to it, socialisation. Yeah, cool. it's a great way to expose them to that. that it's not just, like you were saying, it's not just um, brushing the fur that you do. What other things can a, can a puppy owner expect to have done at the groom room and why are they important? Uh, during a puppy groom, we'll give them a bath. But again, it's the experience of the puppy. We do have a lot that really, really enjoy it. You know, they enjoy the attention, they enjoy the process. So yeah, they get they get bath, they get dried with a with a hair dryer. We use a, a low velocity hair dryer on a on a cool setting. That um, sounds technical. Is that quiet? It's very quiet. Right, yeah, right. very quiet. It's ju- just you know for the puppies. Um, we tend to book them in when the salons very quiet so we do have a one-to-one colleague to to puppy ratio so we can we can give them the attention that they need oh that's nice so it's all considered you, i mean oh. so when you book in do say that your dog yeah. is a puppy yes. so you can take all this into oh, consideration yes. Yes. beforehand um, we do give them the time that they need as well we block out the time they need to give them one-to-one so obviously they get used to one person yeah. as well and also they're sort of normalizing themselves in the studio all right mia's just about to pull one of the lights over in the studio you're so boisterous today aren't you so yeah so do you have sort of time at the beginning to get them used to the yes. environment yeah. and stuff so yeah. it's a longer session it than you'd normally it is a longer normally. process because obviously they're not used to to being groomed and in the environment but we do tend to find that they, if they do come in on a regular basis they, they do enjoy the, the experience yeah and the attention and i'm the attention, sure yeah i'm assuming that you you wouldn't really need to to clip a dog but would you or nail clipping none of that is really relevant with with young included in the puppy groom obviously when they're dried we comb them through um using the correct equipment for their coat type and um we clean their ears and clip the nails if they are long-haired we do tend to trim around the eyes and the feet just so they they get used to the experience of of scissors around their eyes they do need to be started pretty young as because of that reason so and also at home if you do touch around the face, their eyes, the mouth, it will get them used, used to, to being... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a bit of that needs to go on at home before you take oh, them yeah, into their first groom. Yeah. Maya's very boisterous behind you. I hope it's not off-putting. Um, <laughs> Enjoying all the toys. All right, so um, is there anything else you want to talk about with regards to grooming and puppies? So after they've had their hair dried... Do you then sort of like zhuzh them up again? Or is it what, how, what's the it's end all, of the process? It's all a positive experience. So we're giving them praise throughout the groom. And then when they come to be picked up later on, we can advise on what sort of brushes to use, combs to use for their particular coat type. Because each dog is an individual. Yeah. So it needs different equipment. Yeah, each dog is an individual. And stuff is like ragging toys, which is exactly what you're hearing going on behind Shona right now. Mia, you like that toy, don't you? And so um, we don't want to assume that all of uh, our listeners know or are familiar with the groom room. So we have groom room salons in how many, do you know off the top of your head, Shona, putting you on the spot there? We've got over 300 groom rooms. Wow. And they're all inside pets at home stores along with the veterinary surgeons. Yeah, we do surgeries. have standalones as well. Yeah. Okay. So just just give us the basics. What is What is a groom room? Our salons um, are quite state-of-the-art salons, Um, all air-conditioned. The training that goes into our colleagues is very high and up to a city and guild level. Okay, Um, and is that industry standard? There, there is no industry standard. So I was quite surprised about this as a vet. I just assumed, like 
the veterinary profession groomers would be regulated somehow but actually it's a completely unregulated industry so you do have to be a bit careful when you go find a groomer and I think that's a nice thing with the groom room you can be assured your pet is in safe hands because like Shona said all the colleagues get trained up to a high level salons are air-conditioned they really operate sort of state-of-the-art level um, and actually set a standard I think for the for the profession Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back for a bit and let you two chat because Carlin, you're from the vet, veterinary side of the business. Shona, you're from the grooming side. Have you got any questions for each other? I know Carlin, you were you were talking well, about you had a couple of questions just, for Shona. Yeah, I was just um, well. First of all, I want to mention that I massively admire what groomers do. Um, I think it's a really tough job, and I think a lot of pet owners might think, "Oh, I'll just get a pair of clippers and do it myself." Not only are they at risk of, of injuring the dog, but they also might get a, an intentionally um, random haircut <laughs> that doesn't look so good. So. Tell me again, like how many different styles and things you have to learn? Because every breed's got its own, like, you know, way they should be styled and cut, yeah. um, which I always think is amazing. There is a lot of styles. Um, I, I probably couldn't tell you how many there were, um, but the, each individual breed has its, its own style. So we do have to learn the basics of that. Give us, give us an example of one. Like, so if I bought in, uh, I don't know, if I bought in a cockapoo, don't worry, if I'm putting you on the spot by asking you, that's fine, don't worry. No, no, Cockapoo, as you were, don't worry about it. Cockapoo is quite a popular breed, so you could have a, a, a number of different styles with a cockapoo. So it, oh gosh, it, so within each breed, there's a number yeah. as well. So when the dog comes in, we ask, how would you like it to, to look, really? So it's down to the customer's preference as well. So if we can do that that style on on that dog um, as long as the dog's brushed out and the coat's maintained then we can do that style normally we get pictures brought in to us that you and know what, that what would be the hardest style to do would you say in terms of skill or I don't know if the breed's maybe more difficult or is well, it really this, one not particularly I think each individual stylist has their own favorite or their own difficult yeah, their own uh, the, yeah signature uh, style signature style yeah. um you get the technical ones like you've seen across the big poodles with the big pom-poms yeah. and but it's very very rare that you get a pet trim that's that looks like that Okay, so it's brushing, lathering up, blow drying, tidying styling, them up, yeah. styling, a little bit of a nail clip, check their ears yeah. and eyes. Yeah. Okay, so we, we've got Mia back in the studio now. If you can hear her drinking out of a water bowl, that's not me sipping my tea. However, well, yeah, actually, I do sound like that first thing in the morning. Who am I kidding? Um, okay, so fur brushing with a good soapy hose down in the bath for good measure allows you the chance to look for any lumps or bumps that may be present or check for fleas or ticks. Colleen, anything else that uh, you should be looking for? Say, um, if you're if you're grooming your dog at home, is there anything from a vet's point of view? It, it depends a bit on time of year, I would say, and uh, um, coat length. So um, this time of year in the summer, we see a lot of grass seeds. Um, so really checking between the paws, or if your dog suddenly starts violently shaking their head, there might be a grass seed in their ear. Okay. So that's quite important to get checked um, probably by a vet ticks yeah but you should really be covering for those so, yes you um, should. should be on all year round parasite protection Absolutely. anyway that's always a good one i think to just check with the groomers as well because the last thing you want to do is put a spot on treatment on the day off or the day before you then take your dog to the groom room so make sure you to get it all you washed check off with the groomers yeah when the right time is to treat because yeah if you if you um apply it too close to a bath and brush i i'm not sure it'd be that effective no no good point and a waste of money 
So Shona, what what kind of have you got any tips for what people can do at home in between grooming? Again, using, That's a salon, I mean. yeah, using the right equipment that we've recommended, right brushes and combs um, for the long-haired dogs. For the short-haired dogs like Mia, um, a rubber curry comb is great to get rid of the dead hair and uh, the circulation of the So it's the massaging skin. the yeah, skin as well. Is it curry combs yeah. like a rubber bumpy? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I used to use those on horses, and you can get them for dogs too. So, um, what what kind of shampoos would you? I've I've got an amazing product which I'm going to plug because it does work, folks. Colleen, tell me off if I'm saying the wrong thing here, but Fox Poo shampoo. Oh my god, Fox Poo! My Jack Russell loves rolling in Fox Poo. Yeah. So the Fox Poo shampoo, I, I think that's a great product. Would you agree, pair of you, or yeah, am I speaking I think out so. of turn? I've heard of people using ketchup. I don't know if yeah, you've heard that I've before, heard that before. That, and that neutralizes smell. Although I'm not sure I'd want to lather my dog in ketchup, no. especially if they're white. Imagine, yeah, you know, imagine if someone turned walked in on you. Like, what have you done? Um, Apparently it works. I personally have no experience with it. But yeah, I think using something like Foxboo, that's actually been a shampoo that's been designed for dogs. Yeah. And, um, I'm not sure what ketchup does to a dog's coat and skin. So um, yeah, Make stick, with, stick with products that are, yeah. are designed for dogs. And, and if you've got a puppy, actually for puppies as well. All right, that, that noise is Mia getting something out of Jacob, the producer's bag, and running off with it. It's all right, she can't get far. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Shona, yes. Yeah. So other products. So uh, have you got any recommendations? So a curry comb and the right sort of combs and brushes for the certain lengths yeah, of coats. Yeah, you need a slicker brush for a longer-haired breed. What's a slicker um, brush? The slicker brush is, is designed, um, the pins are designed to um, get right down to the bottom of the skin. Oh, right. Um, to remove mats and dead coat for the longer-haired breeds, um, along with a, a metal comb. Are, they, well. are the slicker brushes, are they like the Ferminator, the ones with the no. lots and lots of... No, no. Um, the Ferminator are more for the shorter-haired oh, right. breeds. Okay. Um, you can get a longer-haired one for the, the double-coated breeds, which are they are really good for like de-shedding. A double-coated oh, breed, like a, so much hair out, don't yeah, they? Like, like huskies husky, and Yeah, golden Ge- retrievers. Even German shepherds. Yeah, German shepherds. Yeah. So they're, they're recommended for something that... Something that, like that. Yeah. Again, the shampoos, each individual dog is completely different, so we would recommend a shampoo for each breed, each dog. You could get a dog with sensitive skin, so you obviously need a shampoo that's for sensitive skin. Puppies, like you've just said, need puppy shampoo. Yeah. Curly-coated breeds. We do do a, a, a great spa package now for Labradoodles. That's Maya. Mia, sorry. Um, the curly-coated breeds that does bring the, the curl out in the coat, and it's fantastic. That's amazing. So, so uh, Colleen, you were, you were mentioning also about maybe with a short, smooth-haired dog you don't want to be grooming them clearly as much as you would a long haired coat because you don't want to get rid of the oil in the, in well, the skin I think, or... I think grooming is all right because yeah. that's quite a good bonding experience yeah. and yeah getting dead hairs out but i think washing them with shampoo you know a short haired dog that you know stays relatively clean i wouldn't say needs sort of weekly baths often vets get asked by by owners oh how often should i be bathing my puppy well actually if the skin's fine the coat's fine don't really have to do it and yeah i would worry especially if you're not using um proper shampoos yeah appropriate shampoos if you're then washing them too frequently that you could do more harm than good yeah so so brushing puppies at home is is more unless they've sort of rolled around as we said in fox poo but uh yeah if if you've got a smooth haired puppy just stick to the brushing stick to the curry combing and the de-shedding and get them used to bonding with you touchy-feely time with your puppy but yeah bath time's only when necessary really when they're really little 
and when, especially and when if their coat's head. really yeah short but by all means i would i would encourage people to go and have a look at their local groom room i'm sure they'd be happy to show you around yeah, um sorry and, i am uh, listening right. <laughs> yeah, i not get the cables um, there's a glass of water on that desk jacob that's uh, being wobbled <laughs> Sorry, Mia's taking over the studio again. Sorry, Carly. I would encourage um, people to go and have a look at their local groom room, ask for a little tour or more information and just check what um, the groomers recommend for, for your puppy and your dog. I think if you're not that confident grooming them, get them to give you a little bit of an introduction, explain about all the equipment, like Shona said, um, so you start off correctly and they can show you how to handle your puppy properly, which is only going to benefit both of you in, in the long term. Okay, and so um, you'd be happy for people to come in and have a little chat with you and you can explain what happens before the booking? Yeah, definitely. I, I recommend you come in and speak to us and we can, we can advise on first puppy grooms. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you for coming in, Shona. Thank you. So let's chat to Sarah about her um, bathing regime with Mia. Uh, Mia is now, what's she doing? Oh, she's leaping up on Carleen's beautiful silk blouse. <laughs> Easy with those claws, little puppy. So, um, Sarah, what bathing procedures are you using on Mia? So, from being quite young, Mia's had, uh, like, irritation on her skin, so she has sensitive skin. So, we visited the vets and were advised to bath her quite frequently, but with a medicated shampoo. Okay. Um, so, that's kind of the routine that we've stuck to. Her skin has improved, so we bath her a lot less regularly now, but we're still using the medicated shampoo. So, Colleen, would that be the medicated shampoo that would made her skin better, or is that just a prevention? Yeah, probably. So, I think Staffy's, um, it's not uncommon especially the sort of bluish colour that um, Mia's got. She's got white patches as well, but it's not uncommon to see sensitive skin. And sometimes there's a food element in there as well. So um, you might have played around a bit with her food as well. So it's probably a combination of um, medicated shampoo, getting the right food for her, making sure she's covered for, for fleas and parasites all year round. That has, has improved the skin. But yeah, as soon as you notice anything unusual on the skin, red spots, irritation, itchiness, anything like that, always um, go see a vet. Does that sound like sensible advice for you? Yeah, yeah, That we've kind of stuck to that. We've not deviated from the medicated shampoo because obviously we didn't want to make anything worse now that right. her skin's got better. So we've just kind of stuck with that routine. Excellent. In a bit, Carleen's going to talk us through and um, hopefully give us a live demo for the video part of this podcast on how to clean Mia's teeth. She's going to be putting her hands into a puppy's mouth, which has got very sharp teeth. Again, I would have thought, Carleen, that brushing a puppy's brand new shiny pearly white teeth wasn't really necessary, but... I guess it is. Yeah, absolutely. So a bit like, well, a lot like with grooming, it's all about getting them used to it when they're young. And just imagine if we never brushed our teeth, what our teeth would look like. So dental disease is a massive issue um, in cats and dogs. I believe the latest statistic that I've seen is 80% of adult (gasps) cats and dogs have dental disease. And that's due Um, to tartar buildup, is it? Yeah, so again, imagine if we never brushed our teeth, you get plaque, which is um, an invisible film of bacteria basically and that's why we brush our teeth every day to disrupt that once that gets thicker and mineralizes then it's called tartar and that's the brown deposits that you can see but it's really the plaque um, that causes the issues because that will go underneath the gum line so you can't even see it um, but just erode away at the gums and and cause infection smell pain bleeding and it's quite a big welfare issue really but often goes unnoticed because it's in the mouth and I think as pet owners we don't always think about checking our pets mm. 
mouth. It's not always easy. So that's why starting when they're a puppy is key. Making sure you're familiar with your puppy's mouth. You know how to look inside and what you're looking for and then get them used to toothbrushing. Okay, I'm actually a bit obsessed with checking Buddy's teeth every day. But also it's quite difficult because he's got he's um, got mottled skin. So he's got like black skin yeah. markings in his mouth. And also sort of literally right on the gum line on his teeth. He's got different colour skin tones on his gums so it's actually quite difficult to to see what's a bit of black stain or plaque and what's a bit of his skin so you've really got to familiarize yourself and and, you know always check with your vet or the the nurses at your your vet practice because they'll always be happy to to have a look but there are limitations even for vets and nurses about how much they can tell by just looking consciously in your dog's mouth so there are some that are really obvious if you see wobbly teeth and you know the smell is horrible I was going to say what are the the symptoms that you should see so things like your dog maybe starting to eat a bit slower or not being interested in toys they were interested in before because it might be painful for them to actually chew it if they're not interested in dental treats anymore drooling but actually quite often owners have no idea and it's not until they go to the vet for an annual checkup or even sometimes what we think is mild dental disease then the vets anesthetize the dog to have a proper look to take x-rays and they discover that it's much worse than can be seen from the outside because so much of the disease is underneath the gum line so it's it's not you, you just cannot see it with the naked eye or you know when they're when they're conscious Colleen, uh, let's get you to quiz Sarah on her dental regime for Mia. So, Sarah, do you brush Mia's teeth? No. I know I should. (laughs) (laughs) And what's keeping you from from doing it? Um, Apart from being six months old. Should she have started? Sorry, butting yeah, in. Yeah, I don't know really when's the best time to start. I guess I just don't know enough about it. To to know what, yeah. what you're doing. So I think the sooner you start, the better. So it's never too late. Even adult dogs, you can teach to accept uh, their teeth being brushed. But obviously, the sooner you start, the better. Yeah. So I would say definitely start as soon as, as you can. It, it Unfortunately, it is true. No matter what you see out there about dental treats and diets that keep your dog's teeth clean, the only thing that will really and has been proven to prevent dental disease is daily tooth brushing. And, and that is just a reality. And, you know, there's lots of people that can't do that with their dog or their dog won't let them, which is fine. But then you just need to accept that they will probably need veterinary dental treatment at yeah. some point in their life. And even some dogs, when you brush them every day, the teeth will still need dental treatment. So but that's the best thing you, you can do is yeah. try and get them used to it. And it does take time and patience. So as I'm sure you're aware, yeah. and that's again something that's that keeps people from from doing it is because they start off and maybe try and do everything too quickly. Puppy doesn't like it. It's difficult. They're seeing it as a game, and then people give up. So the key is to start simple steps and gradually build up and even if that takes weeks or months, that's fine. But just, just to do it slowly and don't give up. Persevere. Yeah. So um do you want to uh just gonna offer your services for free now, Carly. <laughs> do you do you want to have a little look in um Mia's mouth? Yeah, we if can she'll have a look. let you. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, just talk us through what, what you can see. Yeah. So one thing 
I mean, even before you start getting into teeth brushing, it's a good idea to get used to looking at your puppy's teeth and knowing what teeth you can easily look at, how to open their mouth and be quite familiar with that. So actually the little teeth at the front, the incisors just underneath the nose, they're quite difficult to look at because the lips are quite short there and a lot of dogs are quite sensitive there. Mia's actually really good. She lets me look at it really easily. But good girl. most dogs, what you find is that you can lift their lips on either side and see their canines, the big fangs yeah. quite easily. So they're the ones that are usually the easiest to see. And then you can slide their lip back as well to look at sort of the molars further down in the mouth as well. And then make sure you do it on both sides. Oh, look at those shiny <laughs> teeth. What a good girl. Wides. And the top ones are easier to see than the bottom ones, but the lips are quite stretchy. So don't be afraid to move those around a bit. Okay. And then once um, they're quite used to it and, and happy with it, obviously you can see Mia is, is fine, quite happy she? with it. You can then start practicing by having one hand sort of over the, the nose and muzzle um, have your fingers behind the two big upper canines or the yeah. fangs and om- almost like stick your fingers in it a little bit and then pull the chin down pull and then down you can really start having a look inside so you can see she was a bit funny yeah. about that and she's like oh what are you doing but, but her ears again, are still up and oh, she, yeah. she looks oh, happy she, enough yeah she's not she doesn't know what's happening well, really I, I suppose puppies quite like a lot of mouth play anyway so she's just yeah, thinking that you're playing with her what I would say her. though is if, if they are in a bit of a crazy mood and they're doing the mouthing and trying to bite your hand and your arm that's probably not a good time to do this kind of thing. Yeah. So you need to choose the right moment. At the moment, she's actually quite calm. Yeah, Earlier, she is. when we were playing and she tried to play with my hands, that would not have been a good time right. to look in her mouth because you don't want her to think that when you're sticking your hands in her mouth, it's okay to start biting. You need to disassociate the two completely. So at the moment, she's actually quite quiet. So that this would be an ideal time to look. And not only you know what I've just done with her mouth, are you looking at what her teeth look like? and then get familiar with how it looks breath. but you can also yeah breath <laughs> you can look inside the mouth so you know stick injuries are quite common yeah. um, or if they've eaten something they shouldn't you need to know how to open their mouth and maybe get it out examine the tongue so you can really see quite quite a lot there Okay, well, you've just given me an idea for a magazine feature. So I am going to commission an illustrator to do a page in the magazine on how to open a dog's mouth. And um, hopefully, yeah, if I do that before this podcast goes out, we'll put it in the podcast notes so you can have a look. And uh, what could go? I can't believe how good she is. I think so, she's getting sleepy now, yeah, she's, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's had, had a, a very busy moment. day. Yeah, no, she had a crazy day. So, was that is that quite um, reassuring, Sarah? That you can you think you'll be able to do that and have a look and yeah, open her mouth? I think it's good to know because my only worry would be because she is so mouthy, like. The you need to pick to... the right time yeah. so this time when she's all played out and yeah. she's actually knackered yeah. this is when you, you want you to do take it advantage. yeah because um, obviously at the moment we've just opened the mouth and had a look at the teeth so if we look at actually the, the toothbrushing part um what i would say is because you do need to train them so i would call them training sessions toothbrush training sessions um i wouldn't make them last longer than five minutes and if you find you've gone ahead with the steps but actually maybe rushed it a bit just wait a couple of days go back to the previous step do it again and repeat it a few times until she's happy with that before moving on could you could you talk us through the steps of of cleaning a dog's teeth then yeah so i think now she's chewing on sarah's thumb the first thing to get them used to is the taste of the toothpaste which is not usually 
usually a problem because they're like chicken flavored or beef flavored. So make sure you use a puppy or, or dog appropriate toothpaste. So never use your own toothpaste for, for dogs. Once they're happy with that, they're happy licking it off your finger. You could even try, you know, we've gone through how to open your dog's mouth, lifting their lip a bit and rubbing a bit of the toothpaste on either side just so they get used to that. Then the next step is introducing the toothbrush. So right. again, get doggy toothbrush. Yeah, doggy toothbrush. Get some toothpaste on there. Let them lick it off that. And then start by cleaning. I would say start by cleaning the big canines, the, the fangs, because they're quite easily accessible. So yeah. you can just lift the lip, you know, hold, hold the head steady, lift the lip and gently brush over those and just start with that and and stop after that and do that for a few days just so they're used to that always give them lots of praise tell them they're a good dog make sure you choose your moments right like we've discussed and if they're too boisterous just stop and try again at at another another time equally always make sure obviously you you stay safe yourself so unlikely for puppies to really want to bite you but especially if you're trying to train an older dog just be aware that they might not like their face touch or their mouth touch so make sure uh, you Stay um, safe. Human hygiene is um, clearly a given. You're going to wash your hands and stuff afterwards. But but apart from clearly being bitten, which hopefully won't happen because your dog loves you and will allow, allow you to do all this if you do it appropriately. But um, is there anything you can catch from a dog's mouth if you're fiddling no, around in there? No, they're not clean. And dog's mouths are not as bad as cat's mouths. Mm. Um, but still, I think if you were bitten and you had an open wound, I would definitely advise you see yeah. you go see your GP um, just to check. With cats, if you get scratched or bitten, you probably get antibiotics. With yeah. dogs, not always, but just get medical advice if, if you did get um, bitten. So yeah, after doing the canines, obviously then move to the back teeth. And, you know, much like brushing your own teeth, gentle sort of back and forth or even circular motion, build it up gradually and make sure you do the upper and lower ones. As I said, the upper ones are easier to access because the lip is stretchier, but then work to towards the lower ones as well. And I would wait to do the incisors until the end, the ones at the front. Right, um, the sharp ones. Often, yeah, well, they're the ones... Um, Oh, I don't well, they're the they're flat for. ones at the yeah, front. Yeah, they're just a oh, little yeah, flat, flat ones at the front. The sharp ones are the ones you start with first, the big canines. Gently build up the, the length of time you do the teeth until you know you're happy, almost like your own mouth. You can do it for a good couple of minutes and really brush them very well. A more advanced stage is if you can do the inside of the teeth as well. What I would say is that is harder because then they have to open their mouth and, yeah. and the toothbrush is kind of inside their mouth, which not all dogs like. Also, dental disease tends to be on the outside. The inside is less commonly affected. Okay. So I think concentrate on the outside, the bits you can easily access. Don't worry too much about the inside of the teeth. There's something, you is a product, I can't remember the name of it, but you it, it's like a, a mouthwash or something that you actually add to your dog's water. Do, do they work? Yeah, so there's various products. Um, As that, opposed to that brushing, claim. is there anything else so that you can now, use? I would say there's no substitute to brushing. Okay. Obviously, you know, we know and accept that not everyone can do that for various reasons. So yeah, there are there are additives you can add to the water. Um, I think they're called things like Plakoff and, and yeah. Tartar or or something Um, um, they will help a little bit but I wouldn't use that as a substitute to toothbrushing equally with dental chews sorry Mia's just trying to dig a hole in the sofa now oh she's making making a nest she's making a nest sorry Mia Uh, Carleen just called you Mia sorry (laughs) 
Um, Equally, I think um, dental chews have their place yeah. um, and some are very good. However, a lot of them are treats, so don't yeah. give too many. Yeah. And again, no substitute to daily tooth brushing. So just get So get it is that daily. Thing. You recommend daily. Absolutely. About a minute, a couple of minutes a day. It doesn't have to be long. But yeah, daily, daily tooth brushing. Um, obviously, with puppies, they will go through a um, stage, uh, a teething stage yeah. as well. So you probably notice they'll try and chew everything, usually between sort of three and seven months and we do have you know much like with babies chews that you can put in the freezer or in the fridge that are nice and cold there are even teething gels for dogs so have a look if you think your dog is is, is suffering a bit from teething do have a look at those products as well so joining me in the studio uh, i now have louisa holmes hello louisa hi and louisa is one of the many in-store colleagues at Pets at Home who um, you can go and see in-store and they can give you a dental consultation for your puppy. And it's dogs as well. It's not just puppies, is it? No, it's dogs dogs as well. Excellent. So what happens then? We come in-store, I go, hello, I want you to look at my dog's mouth. (laughs) What happens first? Yeah, so um, we get to know the pet, really. Um, If it's an older dog, obviously, we don't know how they're going to react. So we'll um, spend time with the animal speak to the customer about how they, uh, the dog will interact with us, paramount that we are safe before yeah. we delve oh, into of course. A, yeah. a dog's mouth. Yeah, it's the, um, most, uh, the most dangerous part of a dog, I would have thought, <laughs> is the mouth. Yeah, and then we'll just look at the teeth. Quite often, uh, if it's a puppy, uh, you're seeing pink gums and yeah, white teeth. Yeah, I was going to say, what is that you looking for yeah, with a perfect, shiny new mouth? It's um, at that <laughs> point... <laughs> So Maya's just knocked over a pot plant that actually nearly hit me on the back of the head. Thanks, Mia. Not Maya. It's because I called her Maya. She got insulted. Said a name wrong. Sorry, Louise. As you were. Um, so at that point, it's more about uh, talking to the customer, what we're looking for. So when the, when the dog's young, you want the, the owner to get to know their dog's mouth, know what it normally looks like. Generally speaking, it's pink gums. Some breeds do have black pink gums. Right. But you're looking to educate the owner as to what they should be expecting when they look in their dog's mouth. Okay, so yeah, so get to know your dog's mouth first yeah. so you can check out any anomalies that yeah. may occur. Yeah, lumps, bumps, uh, cracked teeth, jagged edges, discoloration, that kind of thing. And then um, we, we taught the owner primarily through through what they should be doing, you know, advise on daily brushing, the, the brushes and the uh, dog-specific paste that they can use, never human paste, because it can irritate the stomach. Oh, um, I didn't know that. And then talk about how quite often uh, owners aren't brushing the dog's teeth. Right, um, and that's an essential thing to do even yeah, from puppies. 100%, yeah. With with dental issues, prevention is definitely better than a cure. Of course, yeah, just um, like with us. Yeah, and when you get to a cure stage, you're talking veterinary procedures as opposed to coming into pets at home. Right, yeah. You don't want to get far down that line, do you? No. Sorry, Mia's just gone. <laughs> Mia's under my desk chewing. Um, excuse the noise, people. There we go. Do you want to pick her up for a minute? <laughs> She's getting a little bit boisterous, isn't she? Bless her. Yeah, you, you can sit over there for a minute, Sarah, if you want. Oh, bless her heart. Sorry, darling, we won't keep you for much longer, baby. Quite often we start out with the best intentions with the puppy and uh, the dental regime may drop off. Right, yeah. So there are other products out there, aside from the brush and the paste, that customers might not have okay, like what? Um, considered. So there's um, obviously the, the dog-specific toothbrush and paste, yeah. but there's toys. So there's a Nyla Bone brand, which helps with chewing anyway. So when the dog's going through their, their teething stage or the, 
an older dog that is continuing to chew. Uh, but the rope toys are very good for, for dental health as well. Oh, yeah, so the, um, the, the, the teeth get stuck into the fibres yeah. and it just brushes um, everything off either yeah. side of the... And treats, so there's you can actually treat your dog while cleaning their teeth. So we do Antos treats, which are actually in the shape of toothbrushes. Oh. Um, there are various shapes, but the, the, the shapes are designed to aid that teeth cleaning process all oh, right so the dentist sticks are like a, a stick of rock in the shape of a star aren't yeah, they exactly. and then the, yeah. the little sort of the, the jagged angles can get exactly, in between yeah. the teeth so wainwrights do dental sticks so you can actually complement the diet that the dog's on by using brand specific uh, dental treats as well would would it be right in saying that dental treats have to be counted as part of their daily food or are they, are they on top of separate uh, definitely i would consider it as part of the, part the calorie of intake of the day yeah. got you right oh that's good to know is there anything that puppy owners should do prior to coming in to see you for a dental consultation, Louisa? Not necessarily prior, but uh, I would always recommend to, to owners of puppies that they get the dog used to having their mouth touched before they go in sticking a toothbrush in there. So, yeah, a stranger um, sticking a toothbrush yeah. in there as well. Um, and it can take a few days to get the dog to understand that you going in their mouth is not necessarily a bad thing. You don't want to exacerbate that and make them anxious by going straight in with a toothbrush. So I would always recommend that they touch the muzzle and get the dog used to having your hands around the face. Use your finger in the in the mouth, start with the front, work your way around the gums, towards the back of the mouth. And then when you do introduce a toothbrush, just do it slowly, maybe start with the front teeth and then come out for a bit and then go back in and work your way towards the back of the mouth just so that the, the dog is aware that it's not it's not a bad thing that you're doing. Um, that anxiety developing early on would, would make it harder further down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Claire, would you agree with all that? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. So, you know, um, taking your time, making it positive is, is the key, isn't it? Because mouth when you're in and around the mouth they're vulnerable that's their line of defense if you like yeah. so they feel a little bit like my goodness you know you're poking about in my mouth that's why the teeth are in that part <laughs> yeah i mean i would also just say um when they're teething i think you need to be a little bit careful if they've got a sore mouth going in their mouth but don't stop altogether because they're going to be teething for a number of weeks so it's not advisable to just say, oh, I won't do it then for the X amount of weeks because you're basically going to have to start again. But what I might do is rather than going in their mouth as such, if it's sore, I'm just going to go back to going around their muzzle and things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, just to be mindful of that. Was there anything else you wanted to say about treats then? Yes. Yeah, so the only thing, uh, and it's something I don't know, Louise, if this is something that you hear or, or not, but um, I often... Um, my customers will say to me that like they I will ask you know do you clean teeth and they will say oh no we give a dentistic every day but for me I don't think it's the same I think you that's not a substitute for teeth cleaning no um you, you do hear that it's uh, it's an easy option to to pass pass your dog a treat then get down there and yeah, shove a, shove a toothbrush in the mouth. But as, <laughs> as much as you clean your own teeth every day, you should uh, you should really be focusing on the dogs daily as well. Yeah. Um, and treats can just supplement that. Um, yeah. And it's a, a positive thing for them to do whilst supplementing your uh, your brushing technique. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's good for you to actually learn how to do it properly as well. I mean, you know, you jokingly said shove a toothbrush in their mouth, but you are going to be sort of quite tentatively going, oh, how am I going to do this when you first start doing it? So it's good practice for you to 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 get. Um, used to brushing their teeth as well as them getting used to having an alien object in their mouth definitely yeah you you, you both learn from the start so yeah as much as you're uh, 
trying to positively teach them that a toothbrush is okay. You're uh, you're learning yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a it's a symbiotic learning process. Okay, so uh, don't substitute dental treats for actual brushing. Do both, but uh, both are essential. Don't 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 do one without the other. Okay, well, thank you very much, ladies. Thank, thank you. you. So how, how was she with teething? How did that go? Has she gone through it yet? I'm I think sorry. she's still in the process of teething because she very much wants to chew everything. It's mainly hands that she will try and chew, so we'll just mainly try and replace that with toys so she knows yeah, that she shouldn't be chewing idea. or is it, so yeah. it's her toys. When do they get sore? When does when does the, the sort of uncomfortable phase start? Is it is it like us? Do they like does it hurt them or is it yeah, just it's a... probably a bit uncomfortable, which is why we've got those sort of cooling chews and things like that, which will numb numb the gums a bit. It's really hard to tell because puppies are generally inquisitive as well, yeah. so they will try and chew and play with everything. So how much of that is teething and how much is just general puppy behaviour is is hard to tell. And every dog is different as well mm. um, some like to chew much more than than other other dogs so i think if you've got quite a chewy bitey puppy i probably wouldn't recommend finger brushes for example because they can bite down on your finger so then i would i would go more for a toothbrush um, because you do have both and some people or some dogs prefer one or the other but i think in mia's case a toothbrush will probably be better yeah. um, than a than a finger brush Talking of Mia, she's absolutely wiped out now. She's passed out on the sofa, <laughs> looking adorable. I'm going to have to wiggle over and take a photo of her. So, Sarah, do you do you have any other questions for Carleen, maybe about around teething or dental, or have we covered everything off? Just mainly about teething, what are the best products to use? So I do have, like, the different types of toys, like the rubber toys she likes chewing on when she's teething, but I didn't know whether there was, like, the teething gels. Is she too old to be using that now? Or? No, I think, if, you know, there's no harm in trying. They won't do any harm to her. And also the, the treats that you can put in the fridge or freezer. Yeah. Some dogs, even when they're not teething, they just like it because yeah. it's a different sensation. So definitely, yeah, I think what you're doing, lots of different textures yeah. um, so she can kind of pick out what she likes most and, and when is, is the main thing. Thing. Yeah. So yeah, no, nothing to add really. I think you're doing all the right things, apart from toothbrushing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which you'll start, I'm sure. Yep, as tomorrow, yeah. or as soon as she wakes up, because she's being adorable. I'm just taking another picture of her to show you, listeners, because she's so gorgeous. Okay, so Carleen, have we covered everything on off on teeth and dental, or is there anything you'd like to add? I think we've pretty much done it, haven't we? One more thing I think um, is just worth mentioning, and that's what happens if a dog's baby teeth don't fall out. Ah. So that can happen occasionally. What, what um, age? What age are we looking at here? Well, we would expect around six months for most teeth to be changed um, for all the baby teeth that have fallen out, or a vet will often call them deciduous teeth, oh, right, so and the permanent teeth have come out. So yeah. Mia literally is at the stage right now. Yeah, pretty much. And again, it, it depends on the breed. You know, bigger dogs takes longer because they mature right. um, slower than, than little dogs. But um, it's not uncommon, especially in, in smaller breeds. Actually, Staffies, it's, it's, it's not that common. But in breeds like um, Yorkies or Jack Russells, the sort of smaller breeds, um, for their, especially their cane so those fangs for the baby ones not to fall out and the permanent one starts growing through already but you've still got the deciduous one there and that can sometimes be a problem um, and they need to be extracted because if they if they stay in they'll stop the permanent ones from coming through properly. So they just get compacted in the gum? Yeah and and, well it might start causing ulcers or pain but also it'll affect 
the the growth of the permanent tooth and obviously right. that's permanent so you don't want yeah. that one to to come out at an angle or or be damaged in some way snaggle tooth so, dogs um, not a good look yeah so you know some vets and again it depends a bit on your dog and what the tooth looks like but some vets might recommend sort of wait until they're 12 months equally for your dogs going in for neutering and it's being anesthetized anyway that's often a good time to just whip those teeth out. And I say whip them out. It's not actually that easy to get them out <laughs> because they have long roots and being baby teeth, they snap really easily. Ooh, yeah. And obviously you don't want to leave anything behind. So it's actually quite a technical, yeah. um, technically difficult procedure. But, you know, while they're under, um, it's often a good time to yeah. just get those out. Although I wouldn't recommend dental treatment at the same time as other procedures normally. This is a bit different because the teeth are clean. Um, if your dog really needs a scale and polish or any teeth removed that's best not done at the same time as another surgical procedure right. okay. because you're releasing a lot of bacteria yeah. in the system that's a big so. big process on its own right so just yeah so some people that. think oh while they're under just do the lot mm. but actually it might not be in your pet's interest yeah. to do that so if a vet says oh you need two anesthetics it's not because they're being annoying or they're trying to get more money it's yeah. actually in the best interest for your pet yeah. short anesthetic is better and you don't want a clean surgical procedure at the same time as teeth uh, dental treatment which is really dirty so. well, while we're on the subject i'm sure we're going to cover this off in more detail in a, in a future podcast but um i always panic when people use the word anesthetics like oh your dog's got to go under anesthetic oh no you're gonna sort of like make him sort of yeah. like stop his heart beating or something and and, and it, there's so much sort of stigma around anesthetic but there i is. was really reassured i mean is this right because my dog's now eight the, the vet we took him to for his checkup, I was asking about anaesthetic actually to, for her to, to have a look at his teeth, funnily mm-hmm. enough. And um, she said, if he can, if he can go for a, for a brisk, energetic twenty-minute run, he can go under anaesthetic. You know, there's so many myths and misconceptions around anaesthetics. Um, the truth is, no anaesthetic is safe, not no. for us, not for dogs. No. However. We do a lot of anaesthetics every day in dogs, even really ill dogs, and they pull the through. Fine. So in a healthy dog, especially when we're talking about neutering, I would say um, chances are are really slim that anything would happen. Yeah. You can always get complications, but on yeah. the whole, I would say chances are very, very small and I wouldn't worry. Equally with dental, it's something, especially in older pets, that people put off because they think, yeah. oh, it's not fair to put them through the yeah. anaesthetic. Oh, you don't, don't want to put them under at their age yeah. type thing. but actually you'd be doing them such a massive favour. Yeah. I think dental disease is so underestimated about how much discomfort it brings and we often think, oh, the pet's still eating, it's fine. Well, if they don't eat, they would starve. Yeah. So, of course you're going to eat yeah, because just doing it you need it to agony. survive, yeah. but it's really painful. Yeah, so I'm I don't know if you have you thought about neutering Mia or yeah she's yeah. booked in next week she's booked in yeah. how are you feeling about it fine I would rather get it done sooner yeah. rather than yeah. later. this is good we're talking about this now while she's asleep yeah. <laughs> she, she can't hit don't listen so Mia. you're doing it before her first season yes. so you don't yeah yeah so and I think we discussed that last yeah. time before first season after first season tends to be the most common time yeah. um people get their dog neutered so yeah um and you don't yeah. have to go through one season it's no. not necessary no it doesn't no. give them any any benefit just saves um, your carpets really yeah. yeah, I asked that because those I, I kept getting told, oh, you need to let them have the first season. But then yeah. when I spoke to the vet, it yeah. was very much like that. There is no sort of from a you know from a health benefit. There is nothing beneficial about them having a season. We did discuss, I think, yeah. in the last episode when we're talking about behaviour. If there are some behavioural concerns, yeah, then maybe timing needs to be reconsidered. Yeah. But from a purely sort of health point of view, yeah, no, that's fine. 
brilliant. Good. Well, thank you, ladies, and thank you, Mia, who is now, bless her heart, flat out. Enjoy that sofa while you can, Mia, because you won't be doing it at home. So I hope that we've uh, taught you a bit about uh, doggy dental hygiene and grooming for your puppy. And if you've got any questions, you know, feel free to go into your local Vets for Pets, have a bit of a chat before you book in. They're more than happy to, you know, have a little chat with you before a, a consultation proper and talk you through um, any questions you have. Uh, ditto the groom room as well. You can find out more about all the services that Pets at Home offer at petsathome.com or just pop into your local store and talk to your vet or your groomer. Thank you, ladies. Thank you to Sarah and Reliz. Thank and, you. And uh, the lovely Mia. And thank you again to Carleen. Okay, so thanks for your time, ladies. Thank you. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Tell all your friends that are, are also puppy owners. And we'll see you next time. Bye.